Introduction We have great reason to believe we shall be every day in a worse condition than we are, and less able to defend ourselves, and therefore we do earnestly wish we might be so happy as to find a remedy before it be too late for us to contribute to our own deliverance. The people are so generally dissatisfied with the present conduct of the government in relation to their religion, liberties, and properties, all which have been greatly invaded, and they are in such expectation of their prospects being daily worse, that your highness may be assured there are nineteen parts of twenty of the people throughout the kingdom who are desirous of a change, and who, we believe, would willingly contribute to it if they had such a protection to countenance their rising as would secure them from being destroyed. Excerpt from the Imitation by the Seven to William of Orange to Become Monarch 17th century Europe, particularly its latter years, is often hailed as the beginning of the Enlightenment as nations across the continent experienced a surge in innovation and scientific progress, a period also commonly referred to as the Age of Reason. There was English natural philosopher Francis Bacon, whose book Novum Organum challenged Aristotelian philosophy and stressed the significance of inductive reasoning. Bacon's ideas, which emphasized observation and the implementation of various premises to form conclusions, was later referenced by famed French mathematician René Descartes. This illustrious age also inspired a brilliant burst in art and creativity. Progressive but hot-button topics were greeted with resounding choruses of approval. One of these forward thinkers was renowned English philosopher John Locke, one of the forefathers of political liberalism. Locke was a staunch believer in the abolishment of the divine right of kings, which was the God-given right for monarchs to rule over a nation. This was an archaic system wherein rebellion was considered the worst of all political crimes, and a system that not only made tyranny much more probable, but condoned it. Locke was opposed to the doctrine of papal infallibility, which essentially rendered the Pope faultless when it came to his teachings about religion and morals, though this has since been disputed by the modern Catholic Church. This was one of the driving points of his opposition towards an English Catholic king. Locke, a follower of Thomas Hobbes, another respected player in the field, echoed the idea that men are intrinsically free and independent souls, born with no obligation or duty to one another, and should be able to pursue whatever interests they so pleased. These radical ideas were bordering on blasphemous, but it was, perhaps, in a sense, necessary. The Enlightenment had been awakened by the European Age of Discovery, a transformative era that succeeded the medieval years of yore, but the continent was also a seedbed of insurrection, holy wars, and volatility. People were growing weary of the unpredictable system of monarchy, a post that was inherited only by members of an exclusive bloodline or connection, one that often muted the voices of the people. Time and time again, grossly incompetent and seemingly diabolic rulers had come to power through the rigged regal system. For starters, there was John, King of England, the real-life inspiration of the evil and infantile lion in the beloved Disney animation Robin Hood, a retelling of the tale with anthropomorphic animals. King John was said to have been power-hungry but politically feckless, and a sadistic soul who delighted in cruel and inhumane torture. The king did away with nearly everyone that had slighted him, including his own nephew, his political rival. This was a man whose reputation was so horrid, chroniclers and academics have summed him up as an absolute rotter. Then there was Queen Mary I of England, who earned herself the less than pleasant moniker of Bloody Mary. While in power, Mary vowed to restore papal authority and revert England to Catholicism, placing the bullseye on Protestants. Laws against heresy made a bloody comeback, which saw hundreds of Protestants dragged to the stakes. Naturally, the oppressed began to revolt. Bands of insurgents flooded the city streets, torching city buildings and governmental establishments. 
Ambitious assassination plots were hatched across the land as conspirators conjured up planned poisonings, midnight sneak attacks, and other desperate ways to dispose of the tyrants.